Hi there, and welcome to York Talks, a podcast for families wanting to learn more about the York School, Toronto's leading co-ed independent school delivering the IB program from junior kindergarten to grade 12. I'm your host, Natasha Esty. Join me in conversation with school leaders, teachers, students, and parents in the York School community about different aspects of the school, providing you with a more candid look inside York. Happy New Year. We're back with the eighth episode of York Talks. Central to the York School's approach to education is an appreciation for the importance of supporting the whole child. Academic success is intrinsically tied to social and emotional wellness. Today, I'm really looking forward to speaking with the York School's Director of Student Wellness, Elisa Klein-Bieber. A clinical social worker, Elisa has been at the York School for almost a decade and has a central place at the leadership table with a bold vision for wellness programming and a wellness philosophy that is key to supporting the whole child. Elisa, welcome. I am so delighted to have this time to speak with you today. I'm excited to be here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Great in the middle of a pandemic, as great as everyone could be. I'm really happy to hear it. <laughs> I am hanging in there, as uh, as I often say. <laughs> um, so let's just right, get right into it. I, guess, I mean, you've been at the York School for almost 10 years. In fact, I was looking back and I think I started working part-time at York in May of 2011 and you started that summer in August of 2011. And so that feels like, like a, such a long time ago now. <laughs> um, but I'm curious to begin, like how has the role of wellness at the York School and in particular its importance evolved since you've joined the school? I think it has really evolved. I think um, that there really are very few discussions at this point in the life of the York School that don't have the student experience and student well-being really at the forefront of that discussion. And I think that's an evolution of the understanding of the pressures that children are experiencing, um, the role that mental health plays in good learning. Um, and I, I just, I think that it's assumed really a central role that speaks to an evolution of understanding kids and what they're confronting at the moment. Why is wellness so important to the York School? Because I certainly have had that sense as well, is, is that it's, yeah, it's part of every conversation at the school now. I think, you know, a really... A really significant piece is an understanding that for good learning to happen, kids need to be emotionally ready to learn. And um, certainly the world that we live in has become more complicated. I think we see evidence of that around us kind of every day, very significantly right now. And one of the things that we want to do, I think, is really acknowledge and um, find a space for all of the background that is uh, impacts learning and understand that those two things kind of really um, sit side by side. And the more we address um, the whole of a student's experience, the more they are going to be able to take in and appreciate and benefit from all of the experiences that the York School has to offer. Mm -hmm. 
Because it is interesting when we talk about um, this idea of a focus on supporting the whole child. I know that that's been one of the pillars of our our strategic plan and that um, the wellness piece kind of uh, fits into that. But maybe you could speak a little bit more about what that looks like. Well, I think our our wellness initiatives are multi-layered and developmentally look different in each division. Um, So, um, for example, in our senior school, one of the key initiatives that we feel is really important is making sure that each senior school student has a trusted adult in their lives who really, really knows them. And so out of that um, thinking was born our um, senior school advisor program. So our goal is to have each student enter grade nine. They're all assigned an advisor. And in the best case scenario, barring maternity leaves and other situations which arise, Mm -hmm. um, that student would have the same senior school advisor throughout their grade nine to 12 years. And that's that advisor would really be focused on having a very full picture of that student, their academic um, experience, but also their athletic experience, what they're interested in through a co-curricular lens, um, who their friends are, how they engage with peers and adults in the building, and that holistic perspective being just really um, important um, with lots of evidence to tell us that having a trusted adult is really, really key to kids' success. Um, Other initiatives that we have are things like our mentor program. So we also, as much as possible, we're looking um, for opportunities to foster student-to-student support and really see uh, the role that older students can play in guiding um, and mentoring younger students. So we have uh, senior students, grade 11 and 12 students who take on the role of mentors for younger students in the middle school. Um, And through that forum, we address all kinds of topics. So one of the um, key pieces that our students, our student mentors lead is our digital citizenship uh, initiative. And that is really a time for kids to help other kids unpack online behaviors, think about best practice, think about behaviors that they need to avoid. And we've really figured out that students and other young people can help steward those conversations in a way that adults cannot. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, on many levels, we're just looking for ways um, to make well-being part of the daily conversation, to give um, our community some shared language around well-being. And that's been one of the roles that the Mark Brackett work has played into our, the work that we're doing at the school. So bringing up Mark Brackett, so his, so Mark Brackett's work with the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence and specifically um, the ruler approach to social and emotional learning that's come up in a lot of my other conversations that I've had, uh, these podcast episodes. And so tell me a little bit about this approach and like, what is it about um, this approach to developing emotional intelligence that has inspired you and your colleagues? So I think 
one of the things that was the most appealing to us when we looked at guidance around our thinking around social emotional learning was that this is not a program per se, but an orientation to emotional intelligence. So the program, the acronym is called RULER, which um, stands for Recognizing, Understanding, Labeling, Expressing, and regulating emotion. And that's sort of the orientation to helping young people and adults alike have greater gain greater insight into the feelings that they're experiencing and ultimately then be able to regulate them with more confidence. Um, but I think what was most appealing to us about this thinking was the elevation and understanding of the importance that emotions play in good learning, in getting through a day at school, both as a, a student and as a faculty member, and really honoring that mm -hmm. and recognizing that for so long, there has been an idea that you walk through the door and you put your feelings away. Mm -hmm. And I think that Mark Brackett's work really calls that orientation into question and says, actually, you're bringing all of that stuff to your school day. And what we need to do is give you language to acknowledge it and unpack it mm -hmm. and make space for it. Mm -hmm. Again, so that all that good learning can happen and that kids and adults alike don't feel like they, there's parts of them that they can't bring to school because we know that doesn't really work. And then it comes out in other ways. This idea of bringing your whole self, you know, we often talk about like bringing your whole self to work and, you know, you bring your whole That's self right. to school, you bring your whole self to all parts of your life. So That's it's right. fairly, yeah. And I just, I think what we've learned is that the more we ask people, kids, adults alike, to separate themselves off from how they feel, the more those kind of feelings go underground and come out certainly in other ways, right? Anyone who's a parent can relate to, you know, the behavioral kind of outbursts that underlie when kids don't have the language or the tools to express how they're feeling. And so they just show it. And so I think, you know, one of the things that for a long time people expected is that children would naturally intuit social emotional learning. And I think increasingly we've understood that that is a skill set to be taught just the way we teach math and reading. And that while some kids intuit those skills really naturally, others will intuit social emotional learning really naturally, and others will find it more challenging. And I think all of what we're trying to do is recognize in a really explicit way um, that this is another aspect of learning. And could you provide maybe a, a, sort of a couple examples of what, a, you know, the social emotional learning frame or curriculum, if you will, looks like in the junior school as, you know, as compared to the middle school and, uh, and then in the senior school? Because obviously it, it does evolve over time and it looks a little bit different. It does evolve, yeah. So in in the um, junior school, there are classes carved out for um, PSE. The PSE, it's personal and social education. And so in the junior school, um, 
that we have a junior school counselor who supports um, our staff, uh, our, fac- our teaching faculty in that education. We use a multiple lenses for that PSE, but that's really, again, an opportunity to create a shared language and unpack social situations that inevitably arise on the playground within class, children's own ability to, to regulate, uh, wait their turn, all of the kinds of skills that are so central to early education. Mm-hmm. Um, it evolves in the middle school through our homeroom program. Again, we have a middle school counselor who supports our homeroom teachers in the delivery of that. Um, and then in the senior school, we have the mechanism of our, our advisor program. And in each um, year and each grade, we're, we look at different issues or oftentimes the same issues, but just through a more a growing lens. Um, and really... Our goal is to give kids a chance to express themselves, express their feelings about things, challenge them to think about things that perhaps they're not so used to having conversations about. I think, you know, my ultimate goal for our students by the time they leave our building is to really feel that at the York School, they've had a chance to get to know themselves. They have a greater understanding of their strengths. They have some insight into what is more challenging for them, and that above all, that they've developed a skill set to advocate for themselves so that they know how to ask for help when they need it. That really stems from an understanding of their whole being, their orientation to the way they work with others, um, and that they really feel that they know how to ask for help. Because I think, you know, when I look ahead to really some very concerning experiences that that young adults have in university and feeling kind of like really many young people really get to um, university and struggle, I feel that we have this most wonderful opportunity in a small school where students are really well known to us to help them build a skill set, and the resilience and grit to be able to tackle the next phase of their life with lots of confidence um, and a real level of self-understanding. And I think that's such an important part to emphasize because often we talk about how the IB diploma program prepares students for university, but we often look at that through the lens of academically ready for university. But I think socially and emotionally ready for university is a huge part of that as well, because it's all about like, how do you, Absolutely. you know, as you said, have, have the resilience to be able to manage time and manage priorities and manage all the stresses that will come with, you know, with a whole new setting and a whole new chapter. So I, th- I, I thank you for, for pointing that out, because I think that's sort of a, an aspect of that that's equally as important. And I, I really do see that as one of the key benefits of being in a small school. Um, I really think there's so much value in the degree to which our students are known to us and um, the how attuned our teachers are to the nuances that they see. I think it's one of the pieces that's been the most challenging to us um, as we've kind of moved between online and in-person education is missing all of the exposure that we're so used to having 
with, at least with our senior students. Mm -hmm. Um, And now at this particular moment, as we're, we're virtual, um, but we are really, um, I think so fortunate at our school um, to just have a really intimate understanding of who our students are, um, what they bring to um, their school experience and, um, you know, places that they need to grow and, and how we can continue to support that. Yeah, to be known, to be seen for who they are. Um, I know that came up in my conversation about the primary years program and how there's an effort to know, like get to know the name of every single child, yeah. you know, and that to say hello every day and to, uh, and to, to, for children to just be seen for who they are. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Um, all of this, I, I mean, just, you know, even the research that's supporting um, this kind of work and these kinds of initiatives, um, and just the way in which the school has embraced so completely the importance of, of wellness as part of the, you know, the bigger picture. And so at the end of the day, like, what does success look like to you? When, like, when do you know that the program of wellness as a whole is working as it should? I think um, success is actually, it can't be measured by all students are happy all the time. I don't, I don't think it's um, an aspiration that we could ever hope to achieve. My parameter for success is that our kids know that they, A, really have developed a skill set that they know, again, they know themselves and they know how to ask for help. And I think those, to me, are my parameters of success. So at a different time when we could be together and I would come into the wellness center and see it packed with students and feel that we've come such a far way in terms of really breaking down the stigma of asking for help or acknowledging that you may be a student who could benefit from support through the wellness center. I think that's my parameter of success because I feel that wherever that student goes next, they will bring that orientation to the world with them. And I think that any young person's voice in sort of acknowledging that, um, Asking and receiving support is a sign of strength. There's just incredible value in that. And it's also, um, I mean, and this is truly school-wide because when I think about, you know, the wellness center, of course, we've got that wonderful space in the, um, at 1320, but there's also a wellness center at the junior school too, a space where, where students can also come, a very warm and welcoming space. And so, yeah. um, I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah, and, and, and when you think about, you know, that idea, and it's almost that kind of culture that you're trying to create within the school, um, where I love that asking for support is is not a sign of weakness. Um, and and again, when you think about a space like like what we have in our, you know, at our two campuses, uh, someone can just come in there because for any reason, right? It's not like you have to book an appointment with someone or like it's really meant to be a place where you can just kind of come and hang out. Like there's, it's an open door kind of Absolutely. policy. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that informality um, and recognizing that stuff will happen during the day and um, our ability to be responsive to that is, I think that's a gift to kids and and to adults, right? Just to to make space for that. Um, I think there's, there's real value in that. 
Lisa, thank you so much for your time and your candor today. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation with Elisa. Some key takeaways for me are that being a relatively small school, Bjork School is uniquely positioned to deeply know each and every student, who they are, what they bring to their school experience, places they need to grow, and how all the trusted and caring adults at York can support each student in a meaningful way. I was also reminded that being an IB school, the York School often focuses a lot on academics, but preparing students socially and emotionally to take on the world is equally as important. As always, thank you for choosing to listen. And thanks again to our Director of Student Wellness, Elisa Klein-Bieber, for joining me today. You can learn more about wellness programs and initiatives and the social-emotional learning curriculum in the junior, middle, and senior school divisions by visiting our website. To see these wellness programs and initiatives in action, search the hashtag YorkLearns on Twitter or follow Elisa at ElisaMSW. I will put links to Mark Brackett's work and the ruler approach in the show notes. Visit York Talks online at www.yorkschool.com slash yorktalks. Subscribe to York Talks where you get your podcasts and tell other families wanting to learn more about how the York School approaches education. I'm your host, Natasha Esty. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please join us again for more York Talks.